Hundreds of people gather this time of year to begin something called a through hike on the Appalachian Trail. This undertaking has been made famous in books and movies and is a hiking community into itself. Welcome everyone to the Carolina Outdoors sponsored by Jesse Browns. I'm your host Bill Barty and as these folks prepare it gives us a chance to bring in our contributors to the subject of long distance hiking. Matt Long hiked the trail after graduating college in 2005. He successfully traversed the 2100 plus miles and the conquered a, a few other trails uh, after that as well. And we always love getting Matt on to talk a little bit about hiking. But on this segment, we're going to talk about long-distance hiking. Matt, welcome to the Carolina Outdoors. Hey, Bill. It's nice to talk to you again. Always good to get you on. Matt, we're going to kind of lay the groundwork here so our listeners to the program can kind of get a feel for this community of hikers that gathers together to take on a through hike. You know, the trail goes these days 2,198 plus miles uh, through 14 states. Uh, Talk to us about the preparation that these people who are going to take on a through hike what preparation have they made in doing so? So it's a timely question because folks are getting ready to enter the season of the through hike, which traditionally for most folks runs south to north. Um, with that said, March through September, March through October is kind of kind of peak season for I would say is the the ninety. It's made up of the 90% of people that attempt to go to hike the, the ATN from from Georgia to Maine. So preparation, and I just talked with a young man who is who is thinking about attempting a through hike here recently, involves addressing the concerns that most people perceive they will have the most trouble with. So that could be fitness. That could be financial. That could be organizational. That could be developing a general understanding of the outdoor skills that they'll need to succeed. Uh, that could be that could be a, an introspective journey inward. That could be gear. Uh, and I've found that uh, that, that most through hikers, uh, based on what concerns them the most about uh, about their trip, tend to emphasize those areas of concern over some others uh, that they might learn on the trail are actually far more important. Oh, well, so Matt, with that being said, uh, that's a, a, a wonderful segue because the way you said that, stated that, is you're really talking about mental things, emotional things, uh, things that many times aren't uh, in your control until you hit the trail, so to speak. Uh, Mike Tyson, the boxer, said it's always good to have a plan until someone punches you in the mouth. Talk to us about what is real or, or, or what the reality is once you get over those worries, whether it be about money, fitness, uh, gear, those types of things, and you begin the hike. What are some of the things that bubble up and what are some of the things that melt away in that challenge? Yeah, I would say most people, when they conceptualize a through hike, because it's not really the kind of thing you can wrap your head around until you actually start doing it, 
I think they conceptualize finishing at Mount Katahdin in Maine in the fall before they conceptualize the everyday risks of being on the trail in Georgia. So Hmm. for me, if I'm giving people advice, I would say you need to think about the things that are going to knock you off the trail um, more than more than focusing on what the end result will, will will be, and I think first and foremost that's that's fitness and understanding your body. And fitness conceptually, we think of cardiovascular fitness or muscles, but I would say that is more it is more important to think about fitness for the task at hand. So when you're when you're gonna pursue what is for most people about a six-month endeavor, it is more important overall to think about what you should avoid versus what you should uh, versus what you should do right. And the best example of that is not doing, and this is an old, I think, through hiker mantra, is not going too far, too fast, and too soon. It's really tough to be on mile one and be patient because at mile one, you've got 2,000 miles weighing down on top of you and you want to you wanna build up some momentum. Um, but I think that's dangerous. Uh, really, ultimately, your body, no amount of running, no amount of lifting weights, no amount of dietary preparedness is going to equip you for going up really steep hills all day long and really and going down really steep hills um, after you after you've made those ascents. So in in my mind, understanding that you need to take it slow at first and take it in and let your body adjust is probably the best piece of fitness advice I could give. It's very hard to heal on the trail once you get hurt. Is maybe another way of saying that. Uh, I encountered a lot of tendonitis because I thought that because I was a good, I was in good running shape that that would translate well to the trail. And I think my Achilles tendons and my ankles and my calves really suffered for it. Matt, once that happens, let's say, uh, so what you're saying pretty much is harden your body and taking your time early on to harden your body, which in doing so acclimates you mentally as well to what you're undertaking because is there such a thing on a six mile hike on this undertaking uh, such a thing as burnout i mean do people just get sick of it uh, mentally even if they're physically okay there is so managing the body is about managing the mind and managing the mind is about managing the body for people that push very very hard that enacts a tremendous physical toll on them. And in return, their body responds by putting pressure on them mentally. So I think that it's, that it's cyclical. Um, you can deal with impatience, right? That's, a, that's, an inward, right? that's an inward struggle. But if you succumb to impatience and you do an extra five or six miles a day because you want to get further along the journey than it should be, your body suffers stress that is that it shouldn't, and in turn, it pushes it pushes pain and anxiety back on your mind, right? So if you can keep the struggle in one in in that mental domain, I think you tend to you tend to make it further. I met a lot of people 
that spent all their time moving on the trail uh, towards uh, towards that next state or that next region or that next section, and they didn't take enough time to to smell the roses and enjoy uh, a particularly nice campground that might be a few miles short of their goal, but offered a tremendous amount of um, I guess emotional benefit and uh, or um, or offered a tremendous amount of um, visual enjoyment. Yeah, I'm going to ask you about that. For our listeners who are just joining us here on the Carolina Outdoors, I'm your host, Bill Barty. Our guest, contributor, many times, Matt Long, 2005 through hiker of the Appalachian Trail, uh, 2023. That trail is 2,198 miles. Uh, and we are talking about the challenges, the community of trail hiker through hikers that take on the Appalachian Trail. Currently, many are gathering uh, in Georgia as they are, begin their south to north hike that, that ends at Mount Katahdin in Maine. Matt, talk to us about some of those relief points. Uh, the Appalachian Trail passes through six national parks, the Great Smoky Mountains, uh, Shenandoah National Park, Harper's Ferry. Where are some, and also many municipalities, towns along the way, what are some of the relief points for someone who has started their hike and they have these challenges, whether it be physical, whether it be, you know, the, the burnout effect of, oh, my gosh, what are some of the places that they can provide uh, can be provided relief from that and then restart their journey? So I can give you a, a couple of high-level uh, examples, um, the first being that, the Appalachian Trail crosses roads every 15, at least every 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 15 to 20 miles, if not more. And some of the places along the AT are extremely accessible, even if you're not um, you're not comfortable with hitchhiking. Uh, they're a short walk one way or the other. So I think recognizing that you're not facing necessarily an impenetrable wilderness, or that wilderness is as wild or as um, or as civilized as you want it to be is part of that. I would say you have options. And secondly, there are, especially these days, all kinds of resources. So I, I think I mentioned earlier that I had some problems with my Achilles tendon from the sort of behavior that, that I mentioned earlier. Uh, I also had a little problem with my plantar fascia, and I was actually able to go into a town in Massachusetts and get a cortisone shot in the heel, which gave me a tremendous amount of relief. So there's doctors along the trail, and I, I think some of the some of the doctors, some of the clinics, some of the medical facilities are um, are perfectly equipped for dealing with hikers because they see them all the time. Um, beyond that, uh, one of the things uh, I'll, I'll speak to the town of Bear Mountain in um, in New York. There's a Hampton Inn I think that is right on the AT. And uh, I experienced a little bit of mental fatigue in that part of New York because the bugs were really bad. It was really hot. Right. So I got off the trail, walked into the Hampton Inn and checked in for three days, turned the air conditioner down, <laughs> um, went to the ice machine and, um, and just put some ice on my knees and bought a bunch of, uh, bought a bunch of Ben and Jerry's ice cream from the local <laughs> gas station and sat on the bed and watched Law and Order until I was ready to get back to the trail. 
<laughs> what an awesome relief story uh, just to take care of yourself, uh, check into the hotel. Three, I believe we call those zero days, but all in order to refresh, refocus, and reestablish yourself before taking on the trail. Matt, we have talked about this before, and I'm always intrigued by it, but talk to us about the support of each other because the trail hiking, you're able to do it by yourself and, in fact, uh, hike by yourself, check into the Hampton Inn by yourself, but you're also hiking with other people. It, talk to us about the the uh, optimism that you can receive from other people, the encouragement that you can receive from other people, and how that community works as you ebb and flow, talking about northbound hikers, as you ebb and flow northward through the attempt of 14 different states, which, by the way, according to the Appalachian Trail.org, uh, hiking the trail, the total gain of altitude is the equivalent of climbing Mount Everest 16 times. But talk to us about that community and how they work in regards to support and aid when needed. So I think the, the Appalachian Trail community is is incredibly rich. Uh, I think there there's a number of people that completed have completed through hikes that really, in a lot of ways, never never left the trail. So you find these folks uh, at uh, gatherings like Trail Days. You find them at, in Hot Springs. You find them all along the AT, providing uh, roadside support in the turn in 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 the form of taking folks to town, you find them running hospitals. Um, you find them out hiking and, um, and reconnecting with their through hiking experience. Um, and, they're, um, and they're tremendously helpful. I would say probably uh, that the trail community on the trail at the time of the hike is, is, is probably one of the most interesting and, um, and gratifying communities I've, I've ever been a part of. Because you're you're meeting people from all different walks of life, uh, across uh, all sorts of financial, um, ethnic, religious, and even and, and age demographics, and you all have something in common, and so it becomes very easy to make friends and to share with other people. Uh, and probably one of the coolest elements of it is there's always someone near you who is who is having a similar experience and can empathize with whatever you're struggling with at that particular time. Wow, so a lot has uh, a lot has happened Matt since your hike. Uh, of course you stayed in the trail community. Uh, you worked in the outdoor industry, you worked in the uh, active industry as well. You took on other trails besides the Appalachian Trail. Uh, so you, you've got quite a resume of hiking, including your time in scouting. But with all of that, you are now a, a working professional. You're a husband. You are a parent. How does the trail fit into your world now or in the hiking community that you are a graduate of and still involved with? Uh, where does long-distance hiking or hiking in general what does that mean for Matt Long these days? In many respects, I think I return to the Appalachian Trail or the, or the Continental Divide um, or a lot of the wonderful places in, in North Carolina like Wilson Creek or the Profile Trail or, or any of these spots almost on a, on a daily basis. 
it has become a, a source of uh, inspiration for me in my everyday professional pursuits through the, the, the idea of transference. I mean, nothing is more archetypal, I think, than a long journey. And for those people that, uh, that engage in it, um, it, it becomes something that changes you forever. And it just, it never, it never leaves you. I don't think I could separate myself from the Appalachian Trail, um, you know, in any, in any part of my life. Is your family a participant? They are. Uh, I have a six-year-old and a nine-year-old who have been on uh, a number of hikes with me. And, um, and I find myself revisiting the enjoyment and discovery of hiking and long distance hiking when I see them going through it the first time. And it's been incredibly rewarding to share the experience with them and also share the, the experience with, um, with generations of hikers that I know casually through the hiking community that want to attempt a through hike or a long section hike or even a week long trip because it's the experiences is largely the same and the things that cross people's minds tend to be the same and the things that people struggle with seem to tend to be very similar. So in a world where um, so many people think that, that the person next to them is, you know, so completely different, um, there is this thread that, that I think sort of like the Appalachian Trail that uh, runs through the human experience that can all be connected through hiking and, and footpaths and, um, and the general uh, enjoyment of the outdoors. Well said. Our guest, Matt Long, his trail name in 2005, he still carries it whenever he's amongst the trail community, was and is Pac-Man because of his knowledge of gear, including the ever uh, ever there backpack when you're along on those hikes. Matt, it's always great to get you on here to get your perspective, especially of long-distance hiking, especially when we're talking about the Appalachian Trail Thanks for jumping on and, and sharing your wisdom and knowledge with all of us here on the Carolina Outdoors. Great talking to you again, Bill. Off he goes. There's Matt Long. We're going to come back on the other side, though, and continue the conversation. You're listening to the Carolina Outdoors. <laughs> 